Welcome to the Lend Academy podcast, session number 28. This is your host, Peter Renton, founder of Lend Academy. Today on the show, I am delighted to welcome Matt Burton. He is the co-founder and CEO of Orchard Platform. Now, I've known Matt for, for quite some time. We actually met at, uh, I believe it was the very first peer-to-peer lending meetup that uh, he hosted in New York. Uh, it was early 2013, and you know, I, think, I think there was about 12 of us there. It was uh, all the early adopters, and it was, uh, we had a great, a great evening. And now meetups, you know, they get uh, 200 people coming or thereabouts. It's you know, grown tremendously since that time. But I you know, got to know Matt and Angela as well, one of his co-founders, and you know, we invited them along to the Lendit conference in uh, in June of 2013, where they presented. And you know, since then, I've really followed with great interest the work that Orchard is doing, and how they've really been able to help facilitate and create an ecosystem for this industry, something that I think is really important. So I wanted to get Matt on the show to talk about what he's been doing at Orchard, what he sees for the future, and you know, his thoughts on the industry today. So I hope you enjoy the show. Well, welcome to the podcast, Matt. Uh, thanks for having me. Okay, so let's just get started for those who don't know your story. Can you give a little bit of background about yourself and how you came to peer-to-peer lending? Sure. Uh, so I found Lending Club in, in 2011 and then shortly after I found Prosper. And you know, the story is uh, interesting going into it. it was, I was actually... Uh, at a startup that was in the process of, of selling to Google uh, in the advertising technology space. And as part of uh, the acquisition process, we actually had to go through a Department of Justice antitrust review. And when they were looking at potential you know, issues with that idea, they, they started interviewing a lot of people internally. And it turns out that, that I ended up getting flagged. So I, I spent kind of five months of my life just dealing with lawyers. Um, and <laughs> that must have been yeah, fun. <laughs> just, yeah, it's, it's, I would wish it upon no one. Right. Um, and, you know, I, I obviously had a lot of free time uh, during this period where, where I couldn't really um, do any work. And I found Linning Club and, and I was just amazed at, you know, what they were doing. And uh, there was a ton of parallels between uh, what I had seen happen in the online advertising market as it had scaled up and matured and, and Lending Club was, was very much at, a, at an early stage uh, of selling loans online in a similar way uh, that ads had been sold online. And so, you know, through that interest, I ended up doing a ton of research. Uh, the more research I did, the more excited I got. Um, and they ended up investing uh, just like you as a retail investor. Uh, and then kind of that fall uh, of 2011, you know, the, the acquisition closed and I became a Google employee and kind of that's a, a story for another time. Uh, mm-hmm. But kind of the next, uh, you know, nine months of my life, I was, I was super busy and then, you know, really reconnected uh, when I was introduced uh, that following summer uh, to Angela Sresny, uh, who is one of my co-founders at Orchard. And she was kind of the first person I had met who, who was also invested in Lending Club and, and Prosper Loans. And uh, her background at American Express uh, and Citibank kind of opened my eyes to, to what you could do on the modeling side. And 
know, was really interested in, in understanding why she was interested in the space, given that she was you know, definitely an expert. Um, and, you know, just hearing the stories around how difficult it was to work at, at you know, both American Express and Citibank and deal with their internal systems, uh, I realized that, you know, what Lenny Club and Prosper doing was, was really special. And, you know, they didn't have any of those legacy tech issues and were really building kind of the next generation, you know, of lending software from scratch. And that was super exciting. Mm-hmm. So when did the sort of idea for, for a business start to germinate? Was that in your, in your initial conversation with Angela or when did you, when did sort of you, you think that, okay, there's, there's actually a business to be, to be made here? So, you know, when we were having that conversation and even, you know, the months afterwards where she kind of, you know, I basically spent the summer getting, you know, a credit 101 course. Right. Um, it was still very focused on being retail investors in this space. And it was, was only, you know, later on once we, we ended up starting to, to connect with more people in the space uh, and realize that there were similar challenges in, you know, uh, placing orders on Lending Club and, and, and tracking how progress was going. And, you know, we just realized that, as the space scaled and really became a real asset class that, you know, there was going to be a lot of, uh, you know, needs that, that were currently unmet. And then, you know, for us, the, the Lindit conference kind of May of 2013 was really where we saw kind of the first institutional investor interest in the space. Uh, and, and ended up uh, consulting for some institutional investors, which really working with them uh, was when we realized that, their needs were just radically different than a retail investor that uh, all of, you know, as good consultants, we went out and tried to find a good market solution for them to help them with their operations and accounting teams. And when, when we didn't find any solutions out there, you know, we did thought really hard about, Oh, maybe we should just fill in this gap here. This, it was a good problem for our backgrounds and it made a lot of sense. Okay. So yeah, I know like we had you, you and Angela present at that, at that first lender conference. And then you know, I know that you know, that was where you kind of, you, you made that change. So, so what was the, what was the specific problems that the, the institutional investors that were, that, that, that came to you at that conference, what were they specifically trying to address? So in working with them, it became clear that the investment committees were, were actually really supportive of the space. You know, they really liked the asset class, you know, and, and believed it was a great opportunity. But as you continued on and you were talking with the uh, operation and accounting groups, as soon as they realized that, you know, the investment committee wanted to buy $50 million of $8,000 loans, uh, mm-hmm. you know, a terrified look uh, appeared on their face. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, they were just super concerned about the fact that none of the systems that they were currently using to account and keep track of were going to work uh, in this new space. And so it was really that need, right? How do we make sure that the internal teams uh, feel comfortable enough to sign off on this? And then also, you know, as they scale their investing in the space, they're not scaling people, right? Mm-hmm. That was the big concern is, is that, you know, okay, if we invest... 50 million, is it going to take a team of six people to keep track of it? And then if we scale from 50 to 200, is that going to take you know, my operations team dedicated to this from six to 40? And then when you did the math on that, you realized that, you know, it just, it didn't make sense. You, you couldn't, you know, just throw bodies at this problem because mm-hmm. it, it wouldn't work. And, you know, given that, uh, you know, 
I have a technology background. I was, I was really searching and knew that a lot of these things could be solved, you know, through, through building scalable tech. Right. Right. Okay. So then, so let's just step back for a second and explain exactly what Orchard does today. What, what are the services you provide? I know you've got sort of two, two sides to your business. You've got the investors and you've got the platforms. So can you just take us through each side of the business and exactly what your company does? Sure. So I'll, I'll start on the investor side. So a majority of, of the clients that we have today, you know, we ended up finding through uh, personal referrals and basically they had found the space uh, in some fashion and we're going through and figuring out what were all the components that they needed to invest and you need a custodian in the space and you need a fund admin and you need, uh, you know, a valuation provider. And one of the things that they needed was a back office solution. And so that's really the, the piece of the value chain that we are providing. And, you know, back office kind of has two components. It has one, an order management system so that you can host your investment strategy and credit model um, and actually be able to place orders through your account uh, on Lending Club and Prosper and Funding Circle and On Deck and Cabbage and anyone that you're connected to. Uh, and then the second piece was after you've bought those loans, you know, how do you keep track of them? And so that is uh, one piece was a lot of customized reporting and analytics it was very specific to each client that we generate every day and either, you know, upload to an FTP server or, or send via email. And it was just kind of keeping track of that and allowing the operations and accounting teams to get exactly what they need uh, on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, over time that we started sending data to various partners in the space as well uh, that helped kind of automate and make their lives easier, whether that be the custodian or leverage provider or fund admin, so that you know everybody was getting the data when they needed it, on the schedule they needed it, in the format that they needed it, which was a, you know not a trivial problem. No, for sure. Okay, so then, and then what about on the, on the, for the platforms themselves? Obviously, the platforms aren't really your paying clients, but you obviously have you know, have a side of that business or, I mean, is, is there a part of it that where you do provide a paid solution for them? Just go through all that piece. Yeah. So, you know, today, you know, our, our clients are the institutional investors. Uh, as the space has scaled up, we have been asked by a lot of originators to help out on various pieces of their business. And so one of the, the places that we decided that, you know, our backgrounds in technology could, could play a positive role was, was around the due diligence process. So t- today we, we had an announcement uh, that we launched for what I, I can tell is the first ever originator database. Uh, and so we have a database of, of all the originators who are selling loans to institutional investors, and it has information on the types of loans, the yields, uh, you know, all the characteristics around it, and it's, it's searchable for, for qualified investors. Who, who assigned an NDA with us. Uh, and that's just to kind of help, you know, streamline the process uh, of understanding the opportunities within the space. And at the end of the day, we're, we're really focused on increasing the velocity of capital and then the diversification of that capital within the space. Mm-hmm. And so this was, uh, you know, a, a pretty obvious uh, win to help the industry. Sure. So how many platforms are in that database today that you're making available to your clients? The number's been uh, going up pretty quickly over yeah. the past couple of days as we announced it, but I, I think the last count, there was 26 uh, okay. platforms in there. And uh, then there's, 
there's kind of another five to 10 who are in various processes of filling it out. Right. And so of that 26, how many do you directly connect to so that the investor says, oh, I, I like, I like these four. Do you, do you connect with all 26 or is there, is there a subset of that that you connect with through an API? Yeah. So there, it's definitely a subset. So today we're connected, you know, to our clients are buying on, on six platforms today. You know, it looks like the, the seventh will, will happen in the next couple of weeks here. And, you know, the originator database is just to start those conversations mm-hmm. um, and, and streamline the due diligence. So hopefully, you know, we'll be working with a majority of the 26. I mean, my goal for the originator database is that we're starting out with 26, but, you know, over time we can continue to add, you know, all the various asset classes and opportunities and, and have, you know, a hundred originators yeah. in the database. Yeah, sure. I'm and sure so, you're tracking a lot more than that. I mean, we're, we're tracking over 200. I'm sure you're checking something similar to that where as far as, if you start talking globally and start talking you know, across asset classes, it seems like it's, there's, there's a lot, there's a lot to keep track of. <laughs> exactly. And, and the space is expanding um, so quickly. I mean, not within the verticals that, that we talk about a lot, but just, you know, um, I imagine you hear from them as well, but there's a lot of people in the equipment leasing and factoring and, yep. you know, other verticals that, that are really taking a hard look. And, you know, I think what, uh, Lending Club has been, you know, we, we have to pat them on the back is that they did an amazing job of, of validating uh, the marketplace model. And so now, you know, there's a lot of other originators saying like, wow, that's, that's really impressive what they've been able to do. Maybe we should take a harder look at, at that model. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep. So just wanted to switch gears a little bit and talk about your fundraising. So, you know, it wasn't, you know, you, you raised, it was like just a year ago. It's, it feels like, it feels like longer than that, <laughs> but it, it was just a year ago that you guys uh, raised your first angel round. And then, you know, a few weeks back, you know, you raised, you know, $12 million in a series A and you've had some pretty, you've had some pretty big names in both of those rounds. So I'm just curious. Firstly, just to talk, you know, like you know, people like Vikram Pandit, the former CEO of City. I mean, you've got John Mack, uh, Morgan Stanley, who obviously has a lending club connection. I mean, how do you, how did you get on the radar? How does Orchard get on the radar of these kinds of people? You know, I, I think most of my interactions with them were actually where they reached out to me or, or were introduced to me uh, because they were interested in connecting. Because, you know, for a lot of people who have been watching the space for a number of years, this is having a progression of, of similar industries. And, and Bill Ullman, uh, who's on the Orchard team, just wrote a great blog post on this, comparing it to, you know, the online brokers. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they've seen the story evolve, right? And, you know, you normally start out with some, you know, trailblazers who are kind of out there by themselves building up, you know, a brand new industry. But then as they get larger and larger and scale gets you know, higher and higher than the second phase, you know, there's a, a new chapter for infrastructure type companies that are helping support that scale. And I think that, you know, their involvement and interest uh, is really just a validation of the space that, you know, this space still has a long way to grow. Um, mm-hmm. And that, you know, now we're, we're kind of moving into a place where it, uh, the ecosystem is so strong, it, it can actually support companies like Orchard, uh, mm-hmm. who, who are looking to, you know, to really grow it, you know, and, and I, I hope the, the whole space grows to, you know, hundreds of billions of dollars. Sure, sure. We both do. Um, so what, what are you going to use? You, you raised $12 million. You know, obviously, you're probably going to be hiring people, but what, what specifically are you, have you earmarked for that money for the coming year? 
Yeah, so we've we've accelerated our hiring plan, and you know we've already seen that happen. I mean, we're up to to 22 people uh, here in New York now, and you know that that will continue to be a huge focus of ours, making sure that we're we're hiring you know people with the right skill set um, and, and the right cultural fit uh, to Orchard. Um, you know, I think that uh, a big focus for for us is not only expanding to new asset classes and building the connection points that make sense there, but also going internationally. And so you know, we've, we've spent a lot of time and uh, you know, had a big presence at, at Linda Europe and at the Altai Global uh, Conference here in New York and, you know, have a lot of conversations going on with, with European investors who, you know, we work with today who are buying, you know, U.S.-based loans. But I think the next chapter is is there's going to be a lot of buying of you know, European whole loans mm-hmm. on the platforms, and you know we we see this trend uh, as being a, a global one and not one that's isolated into any specific country. Uh, and so, if we want to provide our services, we're going to you know have to have a global view. Right. So, and, and, we, and we've talked before. I mean, you, it sounds like you're intending to open a London office in in 2015. Is that fair to say? Yeah, so we're looking at various locations. I mean, I think that the the most obvious place uh, is London, you know, for a number of reasons. And you know, I'm, I'm planning on spending a lot of time on an airplane uh, next year. <laughs> right, right. So, are you are you is part of the deal then? You're getting opening. So you open up a London office, and then you've got London, you've got UK institutional investors. Is your goal then like connecting potentially UK institutional investors with? UK platforms and as well as US platforms, so you can kind of be a, a one-stop shop for their global investments. Is that is that the plan? Yeah, well, we we see ourselves as supporting uh, investors who want to invest globally, and so you know we're not going to be geographically limited in that regard. Right. Right. Okay. Okay, so I want to talk about something that you've mentioned many, many times, and that's the secondary market. Now, I, I think you, you publicly stated at the beginning of this year that your goal was to create a, a secondary market by the end of this year, and you know we're, we're nearing that right now. And it, and I, it probably was a little bit audacious that goal, but where can you just give us an update of of where where Orchard is at with creating a secondary market for whole loans? Yeah, sure. I, mean, I think that. At the beginning of the year, it looked like there was a clear path, and and just uh, to be you know totally transparent, it's it's not a general secondary market for anyone. It would be only whole loans and only for institutional investors, mm-hmm. uh, which are our clients and focus. And you know, I, I think that uh, a lot of the core is built out on the you know being able to do price discovery and matching. You know, the, Similar ways uh, that we operate in in the primary markets are applicable in, in secondary. I think that where there still needs to be a lot of work to be done is to really figure out how uh, clearing and and settlement and the change of cash flows happens. Because you know if if you talk to most of the top platforms today, I mean they're at their growth rates, they are always resource constrained. And so trying to pull resources away for a new project is it's very difficult to do. And so, you know, the reality of it is, you know, that we require full participation of originators who actually want to support that. Yep. Uh, and so well, we're at the mercy of them having resources to be able to to, to help build the systems that, w- that would need to be in place. And so, you know, I, I think that it will get done. I think that there's definitely interest for it. Um, but you know, 
like a lot of things in, in the startup world, they, they sometimes take longer than you expect. Right. So you're, you're, what you're saying is, I just want to be clear on this. You're, you're creating a secondary market that will be a closed market. It will only be for Orchard clients. Is that, is that correct? Yeah. I mean, it will only be for institutional investors who, who have signed up for Orchard. Okay. You know, it's, we, we need some agreement in, in place with them. Right. Um, and there's, you know, we're actually open to as well to other agreements where, you know, the, the originator would actually license the software from us and then they would run it. You know, that that's fine as well. Mm-hmm. But overall, it's just the goal is being able to provide, you know, institutional investors with liquidity. Right. I think it's just right. after, after the, the last you know, financial crisis, you know, liquidity is, is an important topic to a lot of investors. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sure. And then, you know, I feel like from, you know, we've talked many times about when are we going to see a, a closed end fund or even a regular, you know, a 40 act, a mutual fund in, uh, in this space. And, you know, you, whenever you talk about that, the first question that comes up, well, you know, we've got to have, we've got to have liquidity. And I know, you know, there are companies that are, are working on that, but, you know, I feel like this asset class is not going to become mainstream until you can go to Fidelity or, or Schwab or Vanguard and, and, and take out your marketplace lending account and fund it with loans. And, and you're not going to get that without a secondary market. So based on that, I mean, it sounds like it's not imminent. You know, is it, are you prepared to say there'll be something launched in 2015 or is it, or is that even still up in the air? I mean, obviously you're at the mercy of the platform to some extent, but what's your sense? Yeah, I mean, I think the first ones will be launched in, in 2015. You know, I, I think that it's just, you know, we're, it took us, you know, we were pretty much working all year just to get the first two platforms live, right? Just to get, just to be able to support Lending Club and Prosper was a huge amount of work. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now we're at a point where, you know, we can onboard a new originator in a pretty streamlined process that we feel really confident about and, and are really starting to get that you know, streamlined. And I think that that's going to free up, you know, a lot of resources on our end to work on the secondary market now that we have that done. And I think that as we work with more and more originators, right, then there's more and more options for who right. actually is the first one to launch. Sure. Right? Exactly. Once you get one, you know, that's going to, that's going to get the ball rolling. Exactly. I, I, and yeah, I think you just, we're focused on just, you know, making the first one work and making it foolproof so that everybody can trust it. Right. Because that's the thing. I mean, I feel like we need, I mean, I just don't see how the platforms aren't behind this more. I mean, I feel like, I mean, obviously they've got a lot of investor interest, so they're not, it's not like they, they desperately need it. But, you know, to become a legitimate asset class and to really get the, I don't know, like get the support, it seems to me that what is, you know, it's, it's, it's just to be such a big selling point from them to say, Oh, yeah, by the way, you can liquidate your whole loans. That's, that's fine. You can go and do that. Cause right now that's, you know, there, there are limited options, obviously, for, for institutional investors. So, and I, you know, as, as you say, it's like, I think it'll take one. And then I, I certainly hope that we can, we can make some movements here because it's not going to, you know, I feel like it's, it's going to hamper the real mainstream mainstream acceptance if you can't liquidate these things, don't you think? Yeah, I think it's it's if we want mass adoption, it is a check mark that a lot of investors just require. Right? It's just you've probably had lots of conversations with investors who are like, I love it, I think it's great, but in, until there's liquidity, you know, 
I'm not going to uh, to take a deeper look. Yep, yep. So let's um, let's just talk about your your client base, if you would, for a little bit, and and what how they how things are changing. Now, you talk to Ron Suber, and he's always now you know talking about the movement towards like more passive investing and people just uh just taking like a a blanket spread across across a variety of different loans based on risk now with your clients are you i mean most of your clients still really you know, they're active investors cherry picking loans i mean where are you seeing more of that movement as well i mean what's what what are you seeing yeah i mean i think that it's a it's a pretty obvious trend that people are in the space that a lot of the pools that that investors have access to right now are, are passive, and I think that that just shows that a lot of leverage right now is still with the platforms. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't see many of the upcoming platforms uh, being able to say, you know, hey, we're we're earlier stage, but we're also going to be passive, right? That's that's just not really that doesn't work for investors, and I think that you know over time the active strategy is preferable. Because, you know, there's just there a lot of transparency uh, and there's feedback, too. I, I think that one of the things that, that we miss is that now basically all loans that get listed get funded. Right. Um, but if you go back a couple of years, that wasn't the case. And I think that that actually, you know, was a, was a reason that the returns were higher back a couple of years ago is because there was the wisdom of the crowd actually helping do that second mm-hmm. um, due diligence process. And so we'll see. I mean, I think that like a pendulum, right, there's these things will swing back and forth. And I I don't think active is dead, but, you know, I I see a lot of momentum right now still behind passive. Right. Well, what, you know, they're also talking about the reduce, the reduced alpha from active. I mean, that's, uh, that's been, it's been clear, you know, I think just even for the average retail investor, it's, you know, the, the, the platforms are getting better at, better at underwriting. It's harder to get alpha over the average and is, is that something that you're seeing as well with your clients i think alpha in the space is just changing right when there was only one or two options to buy you really had to justify your alpha in regards to the existing loans that you were buying against right and so you had to it was alpha within a platform mm-hmm. but i think that a lot of the investors especially the larger ones that are moving into this space have a different view. Their alpha is which platforms they choose to work with and which credit grades they choose to buy. Right. You know, and so it's it's just different, right? The end investors are looking for more diversified funds now, and they're not looking for just specialty funds that just buy Lending Club or just buy Prosper. Uh, there's there's definitely a trend towards you know buying small business, right, and looking at all these new platforms around. Know, that are doing these other asset classes like real estate or elective health, mm-hmm. sure. private yeah. tuition, factoring, equipment leasing, right? There's a, the world of uh, loan origination is, is very broad. And so I think that that's, that's really the future of alpha for investors is, is which, which platform they decide to work with and then you know, which credit grades they buy with it. Right. Yeah, that's, that's really good points, really good points. So can you give us a sense of how, of, of sort of the scope and the size of Orchard today? Like, I mean, can you tell me like roughly how many clients you have, roughly how much, how much volume have, have you put through your platform? Yeah. So, um, the, the metric that we actually use to track is, is trading accounts, which means that the client is buying on like one platform. So they're buying on 
you know, Lending Club and Prosper and On Deck. That would be three trading accounts. Right. And you know, and we're in kind of the high fifties in terms of trading accounts today. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's been, you know, growing pretty steadily. And and now that there's more and more options, it's it's kind of accelerating. You know, in terms of uh, capital deployed through our technology or orders placed on behalf of clients. You know, we, we kind of went from zero in in January this year and, and now have, have scaled up to, to the point we're doing hundreds of millions of dollars, which is, you know, uh, amazing growth. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, is, is a testament as well to how fast the originators are growing as well because, you know, we're directly tied to their growth. If, if they have more product to sell, uh, our, our investors are, are more than willing to buy it. Right. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Okay, so let's just talk a little bit about the Lending Club IPO. You know, we're recording this on on December fifth, which is, you know, the, the, there's all the talk this week has been about the IPO, which is supposed to happen next week. What? And I know that you know you've chatted before, and you said that you've you know, you've been talking with a whole range of people about about Lending Club, getting people up to speed, including you. You mentioned to me a while back, you know, including some of the some of the bigger banks. So I'm curious to hear about the conversations that you're having with with these people. Uh, is you know, is Lending Club in the, on their radar? What are their What are their thoughts about Lending Club? Yeah. So just for perspective, I mean, the, the conversation six months ago, you know, was was very like hostile and dismissive, right? Mm-hmm. It was, you know, you just uh, kind of a machine gun type questions on the space followed by the end of the meeting being like, Oh, well, they're never going to be a serious player. Right. Right. So we don't have, we don't need like, I'm glad we got all this information, but now we like don't need to do anything. And I think that because Lending club and on deck, and then, you know, the others have announced their filing, you know, it's a huge validation of the space, right? They can't ignore it anymore. Right. And so, it's just been interesting because it's it's obvious that at some of the large banks there have been you know directives that have come down saying you know you need to have a strategy here, right? Uh, and people are scrambling to try to figure out what that strategy is going to be. And so I think it's uh, a really interesting time uh, to be in the space. And you know I'm I'm super excited for the next year. I think that you know 2014 was was uh you know the awareness grew and it was a coming out party for the space and mm-hmm. 2015 it's going to be really exciting as as all these players start to weigh in uh and make strategic moves mm-hmm. for sure so do you care to to weigh in and make a prediction on what's going to happen next week as far as uh where we'll be where, where will lending club open and close on the, on their first day of trading assuming obviously obviously everything goes according to plan I wish I could, uh, but I think for for compliance reasons, I'm, I'm not allowed to invest in the IPO, uh, and I'm not allowed to give any guidance on it. So. Okay, okay, fair enough, fair enough. So I got to let you go before I just want to talk, just ask about the the future of Orchard and what where you see your company going. What's what's the grand vision? Are you are you going to become like the Bloomberg of the lending space? I mean, what's what's the grand vision for you guys? You know, I, I think that. You know, comparing uh, your vision to another company's is tough because obviously they had different circumstances to led to their rise. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think our vision is is to be to increase the capital velocity within the space and to do it in the way that we know best, which is through technology. And so, any place where we can add value by building out tech products, it, 
you know, multiple participants can use, right? It's, it's almost being that, you know, th- that grease that helps everything run smoothly. And, you know, I want to see this space be massive. And, and our goal is to do everything we possibly can to make that a reality. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, what we end up looking like in a couple of years, I, I, you know, I'm, in, I'm just as interested as you to find out. Uh, but <laughs> right. I think that, I think that you know, we're in an exciting space. It's growing quickly. You know, we have a great team here at Orchard and, and have built some great products so far. And, you know, looking forward on the roadmap, we have some amazing products coming out in the first half of next year that I'm, I'm really excited about. And so, you know, we'll keep on building and, and trying to keep adding value through our skill sets. And, and, you know, hopefully we'll make this into a, you know, a huge asset class and, and look back, you know, in future years and say, Hey, we were here at the beginning, yep. you know, and that, and that, you know, we made a positive impact on this space and built a better system than, it, than what existed before. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that's, that's a great note to end on. Thanks a lot, Matt. Appreciate your time and, and best of luck. Thanks so much, Peter. Take care. Okay. See ya. Yeah, I agree with Matt. And I think, I think 2014 has, has been a great year, but really 2015, I think is, is certainly going to be the most exciting year ever. We will begin the new year, presumably with two public companies in our space, and there will likely be more to come. I think we're going to see a lot of interesting developments. Some will obviously come from Orchard, others elsewhere. I think we're going to have, you know, more awareness in the investing public into this asset class. And uh, I frankly am very excited, just like Matt is, to see what develops. So on that note, uh, I'm going to sign off. Thank you very much for listening, and I will catch you next time. Bye.